live from the Beats Lab at Studio 537. It's another episode of the Two Duder Podcast. Trying something out a little different here today. Um, flying solo in the uh, hustle and bustle that is life. Uh, sometimes it's hard to uh, get um, get together to get things done. So yeah, I'm I'm rolling solo today. Um, got a lot to talk about. Um, trying something different here. I'm going to try and record this on my computer from the Anchor website, anchor.fm, um, with a microphone and headphones. So trying something a little more uh, efficient here than my phone, but we'll see how it works. <clears throat> so yeah, backing at it here with another episode of the Two Duder Podcast. Um, going to try and talk a little bit today about the uh, uh, college football championship game, which was almost a week ago. Um, crazy shit going on in Happy Valley with more scandal. Uh, gonna touch a little bit on the uh, Major League Baseball sign stealing fallout, which has directly affected me. Um, and we're gonna try and hit up a little bit of NFL. We got conference championship games today. Um, make a little picks, see how we do, um, see if we can do a little bit better. Um, in the professional realm as opposed to the college uh, in which I did horribly. So yeah, um, Monday night saw LSU run a freaking train on Clemson. You know, I can't see I, I can't say I, was, I, I saw that coming. Um, the I assumed that it would be a lot better game. I assumed Clemson would be on the the, the winning end. Um, and boy, was I wrong. And Joey freaking Burrow. Uh, I mean, how many times can I go this season writing him off? Um, I wrote him off in every big game, and he proved me wrong going 31 of 49 for 463 yards in the air. Five touchdowns. He added another 58 on the ground with another touchdown. Um, I will go ahead and eat crow and LSU national champions. And what a, what a season. And I think that I read that they beat eight top 20 teams, something like that. Uh, probably wrong, but it was something like that. But man alive. They just played unbelievable football. They did, and what skill players they had. You know, Joey could throw a five-yard dump off, and, you know, the receiver will run it for 40 yards. And I guess I didn't realize that, because I paid no attention to the SEC throughout the year, that Randy Moss's kid plays it at LSU. Um, those of you that remember Randy during his college days, what a stud he was. But, uh, yeah, so LSU uh, kicks me in the gonads again. And, um, yeah, and Clemson, man, just didn't. Uh, and maybe this was just a bad week for, for Trevor Lawrence to um, not necessarily even show up, per se. I mean, obviously he was there, but, you know, I just kind of felt like he was just going in slow motion 
Um, and again, maybe that was the defense of LSU again, proving me wrong. I think I said it four or five times on this podcast this year that LSU has no defense. LSU has no defense. Well, I think they had enough defense, um, to get the job done. Um, I don't believe that the, the saying that defense wins championships won this championship for them. Uh, I believe this was all based on their offense, Joe Burrow, um, the Edwards Alaire kid. Um, unbelievable, just an unbelievable season for LSU. And, uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what, uh, what happens with them. And I think Clemson will be back. They will be strong again, um, with Lawrence back, um, um, ETN, the running back just announced, I believe two days ago that he's, uh, he's coming back for a senior season, which, you know what, buddy, you want to play in the snow in South Bend in November? That's your choice. That's 100% your choice. LSU's guys are just declaring left and right. Um, Justin Jefferson, one of their leading receivers, declared um, all their safety. Delpit, he declared. um, And just yesterday, Randy Moss's son, uh, Thaddeus, is that his name? Thaddeus Moss? I think he, uh, yeah, he declared. So we'll see if they're able to reload. Uh, Joe Burrow will definitely, uh, definitely be the number one pick unless there's some serious trading going on. Um, oh, uh, T Higgins from, from Clemson. He, he also declared. So, you know, a couple of, a couple schools here that had quite a few skill position players declare, uh, for the NFL draft and we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens. Um, I think I talked about it in the last episode that the Irish lost their backup quarterback, Phil Dracovic, who transferred to Boston College. Good luck to him. Whatever. Next man up. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Tommy Reese, new offensive coordinator for the Fighting Irish. I am excited after seeing the offense in the Camping World Bowl. I'm freaking pumped to see how he can use these skilled players because we've got a lot of speed. We've got some crazy speed that we can utilize. And I think, I don't know. I'm, I'm hope I am optimistic. There you go. Hopeful and optimistic to see what the Irish look like. Um, Sorry for you Buckeye fans out there. Maybe some of you need to get on Curtis's ass because you get no Buckeye talk. The last few episodes, you've gotten nothing. And uh, maybe you guys need to get on his ass. You can tweet him at uh, at Brutus56. That's B-R-E-W-T-I-S 56. Get on his ass. Buckeye Nation, get on his ass. Tell him you want him on the podcast representing because otherwise we ain't talking about him. I got no reason to talk about him. Speaking of the Big Ten, oh boy, shit hitting the fan in Happy Valley. Um, I haven't been able to read a ton about this, but it doesn't sound good. A former player who has, I believe, since transferred. Player's name is Isaiah Humphreys. He's filed a federal lawsuit against the university 
and head coach James Franklin. Oh, and I believe there's a former teammate involved as well. This is based on hazing. And the ass kicker in this whole thing is, is that one of the players said to him, don't make me go Sandusky on you. Or I'm going to go Sandusky on you. Uh, I don't want to bring it up because it's, just fucking disgusting. Jerry Sandusky, the former defensive coordinator for Joe Paterno, abusing children. Uh, this isn't good. And, and how can Penn State let this happen? How can James Franklin let this happen? James Franklin has his job at Penn State because of the Jerry Sandusky fallout. In case you don't remember, Paterno lost his job, died shortly thereafter. They brought in Bill O'Brien, who tried to revive the program a little bit. He bounced, took off for the NFL. James Franklin, coming off solid seasons at, uh, at Vanderbilt, takes the helm and, and is trying to bring uh, trying to bring the Nittany Lions back, and he has. I mean, they've been decent the last few years. But how can you not take the steps to make sure this doesn't happen? I mean, hazing is going to happen. But how big of an how big of assholes are these kids that they would say that to another kid on the team? I think this is the. The we've reached the age of nobody gives a fuck anymore, and therein lies the problem. Because James Franklin is trying to run a football program, he's trying to recruit kids, and at that level of that level of university or that level of football, such as Penn State, these kids are playing for an NFL contract. These kids don't give a shit about anything but that. And that's just sad. I have spent probably the last 15 years of my life advocating for children, some of which have been sexually abused. And it just makes me fucking sick to hear the name Jerry Sandusky. And that's just, and that's just sad. Um, you know, in my heart of hearts, I hope this didn't really happen. Um, it does not sound good. Um, I don't know if this is a player who, who transferred out. Did he transfer out because he wasn't getting to play? I haven't read enough about it. Did he transfer out because he wasn't getting to play? You know, was he just a poly pissy pants, whatever. Either way, this is on so many levels bad for Penn State because this is all you're going to hear about, about Penn State for the rest of the year because until the next season starts. And this is just going to be what it, what what their next season is building on. And who knows? Um, you know, I... I would be concerned if this is settled outside of court because the chances are that means it probably happened. Um, 
there are no criminal charges that have been filed. Um, I read that the uh, county district attorney, I believe that's Center County, uh, reviewed the allegations um, and found that you know no criminal charges were going to be pursued. Um, I hope for Penn State, I hope for college football that this isn't true, that this is just a poly pissy pants kid. Um, but <clears throat> because of said advocacy for kids, I tend to uh, believe the child first and then take in the evidence. Um, but man, hopefully they can get their shit together up there because this is something bad. This isn't freaking, you know, Odell Beckham handing out wads of cash after the game or, or the Ohio state kids selling their memorabilia for, uh, tattoos or whatever. This is bad on so many different levels. And again, I hope that it's not right. I hope that it's not true. Um, but I about have to believe that it, it is true, and that's sad. All right, so on that note, we're going to take a little break here, hear a little word from our good friends at Anchor. Uh, we'll be back to get into the MLB sign-stealing fallout in the NFL playoffs. This is the Two Duder Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back to the Two Duder Podcast. During the break there, I did a little checking on our uh, analytics that the folks at Anchor provide us that show us our listeners, our you know how many how many listen how many plays per episode. It's really neat, and I tell you what, it's it's really cool that they provide that for us just to kind of give us an idea. Now I know we're a pretty small time operation. I think it's kind of just a. Uh, small group of uh, friends of ours that, you know, that listen, I know I got a, I'm going to go ahead and, and I finally got our first Twitter, uh, our Twitter it wasn't a question, but uh, we did get some, some positive feedback. Um, our old buddy, Lars Ringer in Columbus, Ohio, uh, sent us out a message that he's, uh, he's enjoying the two Duder podcast and that's good. So, Lars, if you're listening to this episode, uh, thanks for being a loyal listener. And I'll tell you, we did we did get a text from Lars a couple about a week ago, wanting to know where's the where's the pod. Uh, we try, buddy. We try to put this thing together as often as we can, as long as we have enough stuff to talk about. Um, I for one could just sit here and ramble for hours, but um, you know, either way. But no, I found it interesting that in 11 episodes, this being the 12th, we've had. Uh, 263 total plays. And that's awesome. I bet you probably, eh, some of those are me. Uh, I listened to the episode afterwards just to check it out and make sure it's all right. Uh, but an estimated audience of 17 people. Um, I think if you count Curtis and I, that's, uh, that's 15 and that's not bad. That's not bad at all. We're, we're getting there. We're, we're, we're growing. Every little bit counts. Uh, one other thing I found interesting is they give us listener locations, like where the people are at that are listening to us. 98% of our listeners are in the United States. That's right, only 
uh, 1% in Germany, 1% in the Netherlands. So to our listeners in Germany and the Netherlands, welcome to the Two Duder Podcast. We hope you didn't find it by accident. We hope that you were looking for the Two Duder Podcast. So yeah, what a week in Major League Baseball. Um, this is the sport that I follow the closest. Uh, I am a huge Mets fan. Uh, basically grew up that way as a young man, picking teams. Uh, I chose teams that were the opposite of my dad. <laughs> my dad's a Yankee fan. Uh, I chose the Mets. My dad's a Green Bay Packers fan. I chose the uh, Dallas Cowboys. My dad's a Boston Bruins fan. I chose the New York Rangers. Uh, the only sport that we share a common favorite team in would be the NBA, as we are loyal Celtic fans. Um, and I believe that that one wasn't necessarily a choice. I think that one, uh, I didn't have much of a, a choice. My dad's a huge Celtics fan. And um, I think as a kid, I was really enamored by the Showtime Lakers uh, and really wanted to be a Laker fan. But I think um, I think my dad may have had a nice sit down, come to Jesus chat with me uh, and said, no, we are we are Celtic fans. That's not an option. So yeah, a little bit of quite a bit of fallout. Um, I listened to WFAN six sixty AM out of New York via the radio.com app most days and been following this whole sign stealing saga, if you want to call it that, uh, involving the 2017 Houston Astros. My read on the landscape is that they in their home park, Minimade Park, they have a camera or installed a camera in center field, which focused on the catcher's signals, figured it out, what pitch they were going to call, relayed a signal to the dugout, who relayed somehow relayed a signal to the batter. And I believe that some form of banging on a trash can. <clears throat> and if you look at a lot of the stuff, a lot of the home and road splits from the playoffs that year, it's insane. And to find out they were actually doing it. I mean, there's a difference between a batter standing there looking down at the catcher's fingers. You know, that's going to get you punched in the face more than likely. Um, but yeah, so Houston, so MLB comes down with the iron fist that they have and suspend A.J. Hinch, the manager of the Astros, and uh, uh, I can't think of his name, the GM of the Houston Astros, suspended them both for a year. Uh, the owner says, the hell with this, you're both fired. A couple days later, Alex Cora, who in 2017 was the bench coach for the Astros, now the manager at, uh, in Boston, who, by the way, won the World Series the following year, hmm. he got fired because he was named in the report. A little bit of time goes by, and I'm hearing Carlos Beltran, who was just named manager of the Mets a couple months ago, he's being named in it. Now, he's the only person who was a player named in it. No players are named in it at all, except for him, because he retired, I think, at the end of that year. So... I don't know if it was media pressure. I don't know if it was just the Mets saying, we got to get the hell away from this. So the Mets and I believe fired Carlos Beltran. I don't believe that the, the, all the wires said that it was, it was a 
mutually agreed to part ways. Uh, I think it's probably a good thing to get out of it because otherwise that's what he would have to deal with pretty much the whole year. May, you know, maybe even a suspension of some kind. And boy, would the Mets have been in some serious shit had that happened. But why aren't any players being reprimanded in any way for this? I'll tell you why. It's the goddamn players' union. It is 100% the players' union. I am not a huge fan of unions. Um, I think that unions were established to protect the worker, but they've gone above and beyond to do a hell of a lot more than that. They've made things worse, my opinion. There's one thing to protect a worker from having to work 17 hours a day for six days a week, making next to nothing. That's one thing. It's a whole other thing to protect people who break the rules from any punishment. Because here's what happens. MLB says, okay, Jose Altuve, George Springer, uh, uh, Carlos Correa, you guys are all suspended for a year. Okay? Great. They file a grievance with the union. The union appeals it on behalf of the player. And if there's one sport in the United States where the league officials are scared shitless of the union, it's Major League Baseball. If you don't believe me, look. Look at look at some of the suspensions that have been handed down throughout the years. You know, there's a bench-clearing brawl, and a player is suspended for... 10 games. You'll read three days later that they've appealed it and it was reduced to three games. That's just how it is. Pete freaking Rose is banned from Major League Baseball for life, for gambling as a manager, for life, okay? Not just a year. <laughs> I'm sorry, but cheating is cheating. Okay, Pete didn't cheat, okay? Pete, and I don't know, I'm just going off of what I read, but Pete bet on his team. He never bet against them. When he bet on them, he bet on them to win. I just really think we're not looking at apples and oranges here. We're looking at freaking cheating. Okay, Pete Rose didn't, allegedly, didn't, affect the outcome of a game. Okay? These guys in Houston legitimately affected the outcome of games at their home park. I'm sorry, but I don't know if it's worthy a lifetime ban. But until you start suspending people for shit, look at the steroids. They started suspending people for that shit and it's all but gone away. You see it every now and then. But you don't see it that often. Nobody's saying, Mike Trout, look at, look at that guy. He was tiny before. Nobody says he's on steroids anymore. It's all gone away. And now it's this. Seems like it's always something with Major League Baseball. <laughs> 
steroids, amphetamines. I don't know. It's it's frustrating that, that the players get no repercussions for this. Um, I personally was excited that, that Carlos Beltran was going to be manager of the Mets. I thought it was a great, great fit. I thought, you know, what a great idea. He was beloved as a player. Yes, he stood there with his bat on his shoulder in game six of the 06 NLCS. Maybe, yeah, sure, that happened. But you know what? That happened so goddamn long ago, nobody cares anymore. Okay? He struck out on a freaking curveball that Babe Ruth would have struck out on, okay? It just would have happened that way. He was beloved. The media liked him. Everybody liked him. So, yeah, it sucks a little bit. So now the Mets are trying to find a new manager. I think it's overrated, but... um, Either way, I mean, I think we're going to, I don't think we've seen the end of this. I think there's going to be more stories develop out of this, and I'm not going to be surprised. Far too often, I'm naive. I believe that there's going to be more come out of this. There's more fallout coming. Ah. Nothing like a keystone at 10.30 a.m. That leads us to the NFL playoffs. Um, Hopefully you all listen to this today because in about eight hours, we're going to know who's playing in the Super Bowl. But, uh, yeah, uh, conference championships are today. Got the Kansas City Chiefs at home against the Titans. 305 on CBS in the AFC Championship. In the NFC Championship, it's the 49ers and Packers. Been a while since we've seen these two teams in the NFC Championship. For so many years, there were the Cowboys, the 49ers, and the 49ers and Packers, Cowboys and Packers. Now, that game's at 640 on Fox. Um, I've got some notes on here to make some picks. I don't want to, man. I suck at picks. I just do. How about this? I'm not going to pick the spread, okay? I'm not going to pick the spread. I'm just going to go straight up, straight up, even up. I'm taking the Chiefs because they can put up some freaking points. And I don't know if if they can gang tackle Derrick Henry. Good for them. Um. Yeah, I'm going to kind of just uh, uh, leave it at that. Uh, I'm taking the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is money. His dad used to pitch for the Mets years and years ago. Um, And Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49. Boy, oh, boy, that's a tough pick. You know what? Screw it. I'm taking the Packers. I'm taking Aaron Rodgers, playing essentially where he grew up. So there you have it. My prediction for this Super Bowl, I don't know, are we in 53, is going to be a rematch of Super Bowl One: the Packers and the Chiefs. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, you get, Any of our listeners, is anybody watching college basketball yet? <laughs> uh, I spent yesterday, um, you know, in Northwest Ohio, in the dirty Northwest, we had some crazy-ass weather yesterday. We had 
uh, probably three to four inches of snow with a glaze of ice on top of it. Then it got up to about 42 degrees and rained like hell. So it's a big slushy mess. Then by the end of the evening, it froze. So I stayed home pretty much all day yesterday. And I, I dove into some college hoops and, um, I'm slowly getting there as to figuring out who's good and who's not. I can tell you Duke is not very good. I can tell you Carolina, not very good. So your perennial powerhouses are not very good. Um, so I think in the coming episodes to come, we're going to kind of get away from college football as we don't follow recruiting at all, nor do I really care until about August. So, uh, and I think Curtis is kind of the same way. We both um, kind of take a little break from college football. Um, I know with him, it's because it consumes 95% of his life. Uh, well, it used to. Uh, now he's got a wife and a kid and they have to consume at least 50% of it. So, um yeah, we take a little break from college football, maybe get into some hoops. Um, check in on that. Uh, we'll be following this sign stealing thing. I'm going to follow this because I'm, I'm interested. I want to know what the hell's going on. I want to, I want to know, I'll, I'm interested to see what else happens. Um, we'll also keep an eye on this Penn state thing because that could blow up as well. Uh, James Franklin might be looking for a new job. Um, so yeah, that'll do it for the 12th episode of the Two Duder podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you'd like to tweet us a question or tweet us a topic, I am at Two Duder Beat, and Curtis is Brutus56. Uh, it's at sign B-R-E-W-T-I-S 56. Uh, we'll be glad to uh, answer any questions you might have about anything. Uh, you want to know what our opinions are? We'll give them. Um, in the coming weeks, we're going to start having some special guests. So that should be fun. Um, so yeah, so that'll do it for the Two Duder Podcast. This is Beat signing off. Rock on. <laughs>